is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Hi, my name is Laurie Gregory. Welcome to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. I, it's my privilege to be here with, of course, the esteemed Andy Wakefield. Andy? Hi, people. Good to be back. And we've got a special guest this week, Curtis Cost. Curtis, welcome. Thank you. Um, it's my pleasure and honor. We're so happy to have you. We just had a little week hiatus. Andy was sailing through the tropics, and I was infested with bats, which probably were from China. I'm guessing they were Wuhan bats. So we had a very interesting week, Andy, on the high seas and me dealing with some home exclusion issues. But we are back this week, and we are so happy to be here with you. How we roll on the show is we have a brilliant man behind the board who you can't see or hear named Tom Schmitz, who's been in radio for 30 years. He edits everything, speak your mind, whatever's on your heart. And if there's something that you feel you want us to modify, it's not a problem. But we're really thrilled that you could be here with us. Welcome. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this. Andy has been, uh, I've admired his work for uh, many, many years, and I admire his uh, courage and sacrifice, so I'm I'm extremely honored. I didn't even know he knew my name, but she loves anything else, so I don't know, it'd be <laughs> a surprise. Firstly, Curtis, thank you so much. That's very kind, and it, it, I've, I've enjoyed the new film, um, David Sentner and Bobby Kennedy's new film. Congratulations on your part in that, uh, Medical Racism, The New Apartheid, a film that whose time had most certainly come. So uh, enjoyed that enormously. Very, very instructive, very important. And um, yeah, now just a couple of questions as a, as a way of getting into this. Where are you coming to us from? Where are you? In I'm in uh, New York, New York City. Oh, wonderful. Um, how is New York now? It must be I hopefully headed for a resurgence sometime soon. My children are about to go there and I tried to warn them and I thought maybe not somebody's got to be part of the rebirth of New York so uh, <laughs> yeah. I, hope things, I hope things are, are okay there and um, how did you come personally to the issue of vaccine safety and vaccine safety concerns? Sure um, quite by accident um, uh, many years ago I was doing research on my first book and I came across one book that had one chapter on uh, vaccines. And that one chapter was talking about vaccines being dangerous and uh, ineffective. And that blew my mind because uh, like most people at that point, I created, I equated um, vaccines with mom's apple pie. So I was really stunned. And as fate would have it, um, a short while thereafter, I was on a holistic retreat at Martha's Vineyards, and one of the book vendors there had two whole books talking about uh, the dangers and ineffectiveness of vaccines. And again, I was shocked. I mean, because now we've gone from a chapter in a book to two whole books. So, of course, I uh, bought the books and I read them. They were thoroughly referenced, and uh, but I still was not convinced. I mean, I came through a pretty conservative uh, educational background. I went to Vassar College and got my MBA from Northwestern University. And uh, this was just so far removed from my reality. So I then set upon myself to read everything I could on the subject of uh, vaccines. I mean, I read all kinds of books, books out of print. I spent a lot of time in the uh, uh, science libraries 
uh, pulling up medical journal articles. And uh, after about two years or more, I finally became um, convinced that, I mean, I could no longer defend vaccines. And I saw it as my mission to take a lot of the technical information and put it into a format that the average person could readily understand with special focus on the African-American community, because there were many books written prior to mine, but I'm the first African-American to have written a book critical of vaccines. And to my knowledge to this day, I'm still the only African-American to have been probably the only African. I don't know if anybody, any other black person has written a book on uh, the subject of vaccines. And so I spent many years focusing uh, on um, giving lectures and setting up forums and setting up demonstrations against vaccines and doing all kinds of interviews to get the word out. And I would say, even though my, my initial target was the black community, I would say the white community and other communities uh, generated probably about half of all the support I received in terms of book orders and opportunities to give lectures and, and, and do interviews. That brings me up to the present where I, mean, I worked with Reverend Al Sharpton for many years, organized events with him. I'm now working with uh, Mr. Uh, Robert F. Kenny, his group, Children's Self Defense. I'm doing what I can to get the word out, but that was my my uh, evolution. And by the way, I got started in this, uh, like the first edition of my book came out in 1992, Vaccines Are Dangerous. So I've been at this for like 30 years. There you have it, folks. It is a journey from skepticism and uh, investment in the conservative narrative that vaccines are effective and safe and uh, through education. Uh, and that's the wonderful thing is that by educating yourself about this subject, you came to a, an informed position, which was entirely opposite to the one held by so many people now that vaccines are safe and effective because they believe what they're told. I think one of the things that we consider ourselves to be now, and certainly, certainly at Seventh Chakra Films, is educators. Our job is to bring the information to people so that you know, when I first got involved in this, and you must have found the same, there was very little literature available. There was very little available about vaccine safety. And so you really had to go in and dig into the science. Right, yes. To understand what the basis was for the claims that they'd made about safety and efficacy. And just like you, you know, I was a, a father who my first two boys had had MMR vaccine. And then as I looked into it, I realized how deficient I had been, not only as a physician, but as a father, in not investigating this more deeply beforehand, because I was appalled at the lack of safety studies, and in fact, the clear identification of problems in those studies that were just brushed over. We hear it now, a coincidence, you know, you've got a child who dies with a replicating measles virus in their lining of their lungs, and it's put down as coincidence, absolute nonsense. And so, um, I learned through very much the same kind of process of going back. and But now there's an abundance of information. And thanks to people like you who brought this to the black community, you know, it, it's available to people to get educated. And there's really no excuse for not getting educated, particularly in the current climate. We One of the things that Laurie and I were talking about, you know, we, we've, been, we've been dragged into the, the COVID story and predicted that there would be major problems with the vaccines, safety concerns. And now M Marvin Hagler, Marvis Marvin has, has died very recently. What is what will impact will that have on waking up the black community? 
Um, I think it's going to have uh, a tremendous impact because you're talking about a uh, high-profile individual, and many people, many adults, remember uh, those days when, when he was fighting. I remember those days, and those were great times for boxing fans. And his death and the death of um, Hank Aaron and, and others uh, is starting to have an impact, I think, in the black community. Now, the black community, I'll, I'll tell you this, um, on, on the COVID issue, COVID vaccine issue, they're actually more up on this issue than the general population. I think something like 60%, according to uh, surveys of the black community, say they're not going to take the vaccine. And uh, which is pretty shocking to even to me because I one of the reasons I got into this was because uh, this was not a big issue in the black community. And the, the information, there was a huge information gap um, between the black community and, and other communities on, on the vaccine issue. Uh, one of the things that I attribute to um, this heightened awareness is uh, the activities of Mr. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. when he was gracious enough to participate in the Holland Vaccine Forum that I organized with others at the Riverside Church. That audience was extremely mixed, black, white, Hispanic, and so forth. We've had many other events since then. And uh, myself, um, working with uh, Mr. Kennedy, I've participated and organized many um, interviews and like, especially underground like media, YouTube channels and other and underground radio, not the mainstream, but these underground networks, you know, they can have hundreds of thousands of uh, followers. So we've been doing demonstrations and all kinds of things. And also working with the Nation of Islam, um, Mr. Farrakhan, uh, this past summer, um, gave his speech with a heavy emphasis on why uh, African people should not take the vaccine. He said a point blank, don't take it. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield Podcast in its entirety and much more.